Hello, I'm Rob Beckett. And I'm Josh Whittacombe. Welcome to Parent in Hell, the show in which Josh and I discuss what it's really like to be a parent, which I would say can be a little tricky. So, to make ourselves, and hopefully you, feel better about the trials and tribulations of modern-day parenting, each week we'll be chatting to a famous parent about how they're coping. Or hopefully how they're not coping. And we'll also be hearing from you, the listener, with your tips, advice, and, of course, tales of parenting woe. Because, let's be honest, there are plenty of times when none of us know what we're doing. Hello, you're listening to Parenting Hell with... Can you say Rob? Josh, Josh. Whittaker. Yay! Are you giving that a yay? Come on, yeah. mate. You've got to ask oh. for more than that. You've, you've got in. Whittaker's gone in. He's always a bit tasty on a Friday, Whittaker. He's always a bit tasty when his surnames are the one that suffers. I have listened to your podcast since the beginning and I love it. You're back in the good books. Here is my child. Here is child number three. I should know what I'm doing by now, but she is my worst sleeper. Oh, no. Luckily, she's super cute and very talkative. She's only 19 months old and already telling her older brothers what to do. Thank you again. You are both very funny and brilliantly honest, if a little on the elderly side. Ellen and... <laughs> no, no, you added that. I've added you're, that. You're fucking firing today, mate. You're double-barreled up, you are. I'm double-barreled up. I just don't know what anything is anymore. You're like a shapeshifter. What's real? What's the email? What's Josh peppering it with? How are you? Good. I'm, I'm really good, Josh. I feel good. I feel fine. Um, kids are all right. Getting back to school. Well, um, yeah. The uh, three-year-old has started her new nursery school thing, preschool thing, which is good. Oh, God, I bet there's some dads crying of the friends. Basically, you just have to play them off against each other. So she goes, oh, I don't really want to go. You go, well, you get met a special teacher, whatever their name is. And, you know, your sister doesn't have that at her school. And then the other one goes, but I want that. And then you take her off. And go, but yeah, but you've got this at your... So you both have to make them yeah. feel like they're getting one up on the other. Divide and conquer. Divide and conquer. Divide and conquer. Basically, it's been a, a back, we're getting back into the rhythm of going back to school. And I think That's five-year-old starts on Monday. Oh, mate. School, so. Yeah, oh. looking forward to a bit more... Str- I need a routine to get yeah. fit and healthy. I've got no yeah. routine at the moment, Josh. But you're, you're doing exercise. I've got a routine, mate. I've got a routine. Come on, for... Every day I've got a bloody time? routine. When do you do your exercise? I'm running into the studio. Oh, oh. Because it's in East London, Rob, because it's at the Olympic Park. So how fast to run? It's only just, uh, it's about a mile, mile and a half. It's not too bad. But, but and how long does it take? Well, this was the thing. The first day I decided, it was sunny, I decided to run into the studio. Yeah. <laughs> But they'd already you sound like um, such a like Piers Morgan. Yeah, this is this, this shows me in just such like, a bad way. Yeah, just run in there, have a quick shower, chat to the researchers. Yeah. Let's crack on with making TV. Yeah, well, it gets worse, Rob. It gets worse, Rob. Oh God, what did you do? Well, I realised that they'd already booked a car for me, but then I realised I also had a bag that I didn't want to run with. So basically, no, no, you I, didn't put the bag in the car. I put the bag in the car, Rob. Josh, what have you become? But what else was I meant to do? Just fucking get the cab. No, but I wanted to run to give me some energy. I've only had four hours sleep. <laughs> anyway, I don't Rob, think you're making right decisions. I, I beat the car in. <laughs> so how far is it to run? It's a mile or so. Yeah, but, yeah, but no, how long does that take? I don't know. I've done oh, run. sorry, I about 10 run. minutes? So a 10-minute run. Yeah, so you get a bit of a sweat on. You feel like you've done something and then yeah. you're at the thing. And then but, I got there and the car pulled up. It was fucking amazing. <laughs> it's like a Top Gear challenge. Yeah, it was like a Top Gear. Because he obviously had to go around the one-way system of Hackney. Meanwhile, 
I I knew the roads like the back of my hand because oh, I was on, on foot. Yeah, you're, it was you're like crunchy. a brilliant advert for running. You're an urban warrior, exactly. Right. I don't know how that's really environmentally. Yeah, y- well, you shouldn't have a car driving through London with a bag in it because you don't want it on your back. No, it minutes. was a how big, big was bag. bag. It's a big because I had to take in. It was. Uh, it was. I had to take in my laptop yeah. and all of all of my change of clothes with my shoes and all yeah. my clothes for the show. So okay. it was a huge. It was kind an of sport, awkward. It was a sports bag. It was, it was like a sports, a, a sports holdall, should we say? The kind yeah, okay. of bag that, that you leave a prison with terrorists would transport guns in. Do you know okay. what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Sure. So you just popped it in a car and let that. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. It had a lovely journey. And some people say, you know, people on TV lose touch. God. Yeah, but it was that's not your routine now, is it? That was just that's a one-off. not my routine. It was just because yeah. the car was already booked. Because the other option is I'm you not go, saying oh. I wouldn't do it again, Rob. I'm not saying it wasn't thrilling. So do you think do you think I can never do that again, Rob? I don't think you can make a habit of it, but I do think if you if you didn't take the car, it's sort of a waste of money because they're gonna have to pay for that car journey anyway. And the driver you know wants to get money. So he yeah. needs to be paid for his journey. So you don't want to make him not earn money for that drive. Yeah. But I don't think you could possibly make it as a regular occurrence. But I think that in that situation was fine. Yeah. I'm going to go in today and I'm just going to, I don't want to take my keys on the run. So my keys are going to go in the car and then I'm going to run in separately. <laughs> yeah, I think that's I think that's a good idea. Just give yeah. him your door key and then run off. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, you you teased up a panic attack, Josh, after oh, yeah. I told you my panic so attack about story. six years ago, I was yeah. very overworked, Rob. He's going to say overweight then. And I was like, you've never been overweight. Really. <laughs> I, was, I was very overweight. I was very overweight. I was very yeah. overworked. It normally comes from being overworked. And I think I've, I've worked a bit too much recently. Yeah. I was in the middle of a tour and there was yeah. various things going on. And then I had to do uh, Christmas Live at the Apollo and it was like lunchtime. Yeah. And then I had to go to Leeds to do a tour show. Okay. And I had loads of other stuff going on. So you had to do a Live at the Apollo show during the day and then go to Leeds that night. To do a tour show. Ooh, okay, that is busy. Day. And I had to like work out which material I was going to... Yeah, that's didn't... hard because you're doing two totally different... It's like yeah. to do a sprint and then a marathon yeah. and it's hard because you you can't get your head in the right place. And I didn't want to burn this material, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Which was like, it was all very stressful. Yeah, and you had to run to Leeds and, the, you know... I had to run, run to, and the train had to go four miles an hour because it was taking my bag behind me. Yeah. Uh, they do bloody lem- go four miles an hour on our network. I don't know. I'm all right. <laughs> yeah. replacement service. Yeah, yeah. Like bloody yeah. slow bus. Bloody running is the realm replacement service, if you ask me. Is it not fun? Having a laugh. Is this what you want? Is this the humour people are looking for this, these days? Is this what you want, you cheap fucks? <laughs> we. This is free, which means we can yeah. do whatever the fuck we want. <laughs> Josh, tell me when you got panicked. Uh, so I was in the, uh, I had a panic attack on the floor of the toilet in oh. King's Cross First Class Lounge. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't laugh, but that's a funny place to have one. I know. So you was in the King's Cross First Class Lounge and you went to the toilet and laid on the floor and panicked? Yeah. Or did you panic when you hit the floor or did you lay down to the No, rest? I lay down. Yeah, because oh, you was getting overwhelmed. Yeah, because yeah. I was getting overwhelmed at, at the floor of the cubicle. Not dissimilar from where I'm currently sleeping on the floor of my dressing room. At BT but, you're, but you're not panicking. You're there I'm not panicking. I'm having a lovely time now. <laughs> so you just you was on your own, obviously meeting. I was on my own. Yeah, I yeah. wasn't in the toilet cubicle with someone else. Yeah. Do you know? I don't think I've ever talked about it because I didn't feel like it was a relatable story, Rob. <laughs> yeah. If you're gonna panic somewhere, panic there. Yeah. And so you just a bit overwhelmed. You had to have a lie down for a bit. 
Yeah, you know, my brain, you know what it's yeah. like. It's See, I, well, I've had a few panic attacks but back in the day when I was overworked. Yeah. Now I've got that kind of thing, hopefully under control. Well, that's what I thought. Yeah, that's what you came thought. Out of nowhere or the, the <laughs> exactly. other way. Bloody hell. <laughs> the old wave. Um, but, um, oh, that's, that's, sorry, that's made me feel better, Josh. I think everyone's uh, yeah. Um, panic Yeah. Do panic, email in. Where's the funniest place you've had a panic attack? <laughs> Because ultimately, you do need to like desensitize what it is. Panic attacks are awful in the moment, but obviously, yeah. it's just your br- your brain chemicals and the anxiety. But the reality is, what actually is happening not, isn't normally that bad. It's it's the anxiety of it. Where yeah. if you actually sit with the emotion and sit with the feeling, it passes. So if people want to share the funniest place they've had a panic attack, oh, actually, I've got another one. Okay. I, had one. I had one last year on a Peloton bike. <laughs> on the bike. <laughs> on the bike. <laughs> You're, you're on the Peloton bike. <laughs> I see, seemingly only have panic attacks in places that make me feel like sound like a complete wanker. <laughs> yeah, so I had a panic attack at the Ivy. I picked up this oyster. <laughs> it just got too much. <laughs> so no, let me get it straight. You've put your holdall in the back of a cab. You've got oh on your my Peloton. God, this is the worst 10 minutes of my career. <laughs> Do you know what's happened, Rob? So, wait, Do you know on. what's genuinely happened on this podcast? What? Is the more you've pushed towards being the loose neck and I've been a stiff neck, yeah. I've, I've started to open up about being such a stiff neck wanker. <laughs> yeah, but it's opened you... up a whole new array of stories that I thought weren't palatable to the public. But now, Look. now I'm this character. <laughs> the public one, honesty, Josh. They won't yeah. hate you for it. They'll, they'll appreciate. Let's, let's you... see how it affects book and tour sales, Rob. Guys, Josh has got really honest, but now, honestly, no one's going to see him. He's got too honest, and it feels like he's out of touch. <laughs> he's booking taxis for his bags. I wasn't. Bo- I didn't book it. <laughs> anyway, so you're in the you're on your exercise bike, right? And you're so you're doing the class, and what you was just tired. What, what caused the panic attack? We don't know. Or would you think I about? D- I stuff? tell you what, I'd been causing the panic attack, Rob. Yeah. Um. I mean, this isn't going to sound relatable either. Yeah. But I was. I hadn't. What was it caviar gone off? It was that morning. Yeah, I'd, uh, I, I wasn't, I was not going to reach the deadline for my book, and I had a okay. last leg meeting on Zoom. Yeah, and I was trying to write the book while while in the last leg meeting, <laughs> and it was too much. It Rob. was too much. And then when did you get on the Peloton? Oh, no, no, you were on the Peloton bike. A lunchtime break. And okay. I thought I'll get on the Peloton bike to de-stress. Yeah, but actually. The extremeness of the Peloton bike just hit me over the edge. Are, I don't think that's a place for a panicked, overworked man. No, Peloton. I should have. I should have like meditated, but instead I decided <laughs> to do a hit class, and, and it sent me over the edge. What edge. you need is to be exa- even more exhausted and and have get your blood and heart rate up. That's what yeah. you need just before a panic attack. Yeah, well, that is quite a funny place. Yeah, if anyone wants to share a funny place of a panic attack, you're more than welcome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's quite funny. Is it good to? Is this? Is this a po- positive thing? I think we this is a positive thing we're doing, right? Because we're being honest. Yes, exactly. You could be honest about it, and yeah. you know, if you don't want to share it, I'm not forcing anyone. No, exactly. Oh dear! If um, it makes you awkward, don't share it because th- th- that's the opposite yeah. of what we're trying to achieve. Yeah, yeah. If it's if it's going to make you more upset or more stressed, don't share it. I think that's a good way of life, so isn't it? Currently, in the keep um, it to your fucking self. <laughs> All right. Currently, in the uh, the leaderboard of the uh, worst place to have the panic attack, we have. Voiceover booth of your audiobook, Peloton yep. bike, and the first class lounge of King's Cross Station. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what though? Sometimes they do happen in nice places because your brain's so horrible, it starts going, Oh, and you're your brain of going, Oh, look at you, you're complaining, you're getting a first class train. You're not you're not really appreciating. I, I, I think that I think it's an overriding guilt. I think I yeah. uh, 
I, I think, think yeah. I am beset with an overriding guilt yes. about things like that. Um, right, shall, shall we bring on the guest? Yes. Oh, Jesus. What a week. This is Jeff Norker, uh, who is a brilliant comic, a yes. lovely man. And also, um, we should say... Uh, Slight trigger warning for this Trigger one? warning. Uh, there is uh, discussions of um, miscarriage and late-term miscarriage in this yes. uh, discussion. So just so, it's very, yeah, it's just so you're aware. Yes. That's what they're for, aren't they, trigger warnings? Yeah. Um, but also, the problem with a trigger warning is it really drains the energy before bringing someone on. Yeah, so, it, does, um, it does hit the mood. But We need yeah. to get it back up. Okay. Um, oh, oh, hang on. Oh, he's put the pressure on me now. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, here's another trigger warning. I'm going to be really funny. Oh, no. That's great. That? Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. I hope you don't, I hope you don't, I don't enjoy... get too stressed out by me being fucking great at laughs. Because <laughs> strap in, bitches. And yeah. That's for men and women. That was that yeah, wasn't that, that was, was yeah, aimed at just no. women. Okay, if I helped. Yeah, here's Jeff Norcott. <laughs> Jeff Norcott, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. It's always this pressure pressure when you do something you've been listening to. The status of it. I know how important it is. Podcast now. I don't want to annoy people while they're out walking their dogs. That time matters, doesn't it? Yeah, you're right. This is it, Jeff. This what? is the, uh, basically, this is 2021's equivalent of doing uh, Opportunity Knocks. <laughs> <laughs> These are big what? shows. I've done I've done prep for this. I've got notes. I had the writers on. You've got oh, Jeff Norcott. You... <laughs> Do you know what, though? Podcasts used to be just something you did with your mates and no one listened and all that kind of stuff. But now, podcasts, some podcasts for me, like they are the, the structure of my week. And on a like, yeah. Monday and a Tuesday when they're released, I'll listen to them when I'm doing the tidying up or going for a walk. So now there is a bit of pressure, Jeff, but I've got every faith in all three of us well, today. But the thing is, you just it's anecdotes, though, isn't it? Like, I had to, I had to do a bit of anecdote revision because like, my son's five. My son's yeah, what is five your setup, now? Jeff? First of all, what's your setup at home with your, your kids? Uh, set up a home. I've got one wife, and I think got is the word I'm going to stick with. <laughs> Um, even if it's problematic, I got her and I've kept snared. her. Snared. It's something I'm proud of. Snared's probably a better Entrapped. word. Entrapped. <laughs> she can leave whenever she wants, but I, I know <laughs> I do know stuff. Um, and then there's and then there's Seb, my son, who's five years old, and he. Well, I know like the ang- you know the thing about this podcast is you got to have your gripes, but it's going to be tricky for me because I am completely infatuated with him. So that's partly why I was revising the anecdotes to remember some annoying stuff. What are oh, when he was younger? Yeah, because they do when they get to about five, they do just become your little mate. It's not yeah. as full on as when they're like babies or toddlers. So I, I know what you're saying there, but yeah, but he's a little legend. You don't have to. Well, be look, I mean, one of the things, it. but a lot of it is quite self-absorbed, though, Rob. Because what I've realised is how, and you do realise this with fascism in a way. If you indoctrinate <laughs> them young, yeah, it's so easy. So at the moment, he likes everything that I like, and he doesn't even know why. He just <laughs> what, likes Star so what Wars. Have you got him into <laughs> Star Wars, football, cricket, the Conservative Party, everything, Josh. <laughs> He loves it. As you, you are, that is one of your calling cards, the only uh, conservative voting a comedian on the circuit. I, did, I didn't waste any time getting that out, Rob. No, I didn't even no, intend to. It. People needed to know, Jeff. Everyone needs it's, to know your it's angle. It's been drilled into me. It's been drilled into me. But, but yeah, no, I, it, it's funny because I do think sometimes when he watches and listens to some of this stuff, because all this stuff is out there, is inevitably he's going to be a lefty, you know, at a certain point in his life. And I feel like this is going to kick time, against you, isn't he, Jeff? Well, when he wants to go and work in Portugal and be an accountant in Lisbon, I think we might have some chats. Do you know what I mean? Like, not as easy as it, 
<laughs> big Corbin poster on his wall. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's inevitable, isn't it? Yeah. Does it feel, because I associate you as talking about politics or talking about current affairs. Do you, do you enjoy talking about your personal life in comedy? I love it. Josh, I, I love it. When, when I got the call to do this, I'm increasingly enjoying stuff like this because I spent a long time, you know, I was I was a comic from 2001 uh, and I, I spoke, started speaking about politics in 2013. So I've been doing that a while, but all along I've been doing the club game. I've been writing for stuff. And so I love all aspects of comedy. And, you know, any, any hour that I do, I'm not going to do like more than maybe a third of it on politics. I, just, mm. I think people might come thinking that's what they want, but 20 yeah. minutes in, they're going, okay, no, mate. No <laughs> one really wants it, do they? No one does. And even like the great political comics that we would all think of, I think that they they seem to have worked that out uh, as well. And I always do loads of stuff about, you know, domestic life and stuff like yeah. that. Now you are, the thing is, what separates you from other political comedians, um, Jeff, is you're funny. And a lot of them are, <laughs> which is the big problem. And getting a cheer for finding a thousand people that agree with you is not the same as a punchline. And I'll stand by that, Jeff. That's a long tour poster quote, Rob, but I am going to use it. <laughs> Um, but um, how would you feel, though, if uh, he was su- super left wing or you wouldn't mind too much? Because you are a conservative voter, as it, as it were, but you're not like sort of, uh, sort of uh, you know, I think sometimes now politics, people are just so full on one end. Yeah. You're fairly, you just, people can vote for different parties and have opinions on stuff about yeah, it. I mean, making I've... them evil or them to be too weak or whatever you want to call someone or for however they vote. I mean, the thing is, fortunately for me, you know, being centre-right, which is what I am and what a lot of the country are, is 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 somehow a radical prospect, which is brilliant from my point of view. You get to be sort of like, some people call you edgy for, for voting in line with the majority of people in a country, which is... <laughs> yeah, which is so just, ridiculous, <laughs> isn't it? You're so... You're- the alternative voice, even though the Conservatives are in power. <laughs> I know. So he, you know, hopefully, like, it would never seem too extreme to him. But also, yeah. you know, that, I, I went through that stage. I voted Labour uh, in the 90s, early noughties. Then I was briefly a Lib Dem. But, you know, it, Lib Dem is a bit like sort of experimenting with your sexuality. I think everyone goes for a stage. Some people stick with it. <laughs> but, uh, I, I never inhaled. No. <laughs> Do you um? So where, where do you live, Jeff? Not not specifically, but you. Well, do you I live, live in London? I live in, no, no, not anymore. Um, and I was I was listening to one of your your podcasts. Said Rob made a very funny point about saying that people like you basically uh, priced us out. And I thought it was a very good socio-economic point, Rob. Thank you. That's what I pride myself on. Oh, you slip it in, Rob. Socio-economic points. Oh yeah, you got to, not you? He Just stumbles try, across you? it without trying. <laughs> <laughs> But I but I live out in, in Cambridge here now. And one of the funny things is, is because, you know, I've done this documentary about class and all this stuff. It's like people go, well, actually, and they think they've rumbled me by going, hey, actually, I think you'll find he lives in rural Cambridgeshire. Go, actually, the only reason you know that is because I always mention it in interviews. So it's yeah. like, that's not You're from that's South not London. You're scum, Jeff. And I can say that because I am. <laughs> we know it. You, we know each other's scent. We're scum, but we've, we've done all right. How different do you think that makes your son's upbringing from yours? Like, do you think he's having a kind of similar upbringing to you or is it vastly different? It's, it's way better. It's like demonstrably better. He's, he's happy all the time. He's happy, he's, got, all, he's happy all the time. That's one of the most depressing things I've ever heard. He's well, happy I don't, all the time. I mean, he's not going to have very good anecdotes. I mean, I'll say that much. Yeah. His anecdote game. You know, he's going to be this weird generation of young people you've got now where they're probably going to live more abstemious lives, less alcohol, less drugs. So they're going to live forever but have yeah. no good stories, right? It's a strange, it's a strange existence. And I, I sort of... 
I'm already wanting to tell him about how hard it was for me. I don't know what purpose this serves. <laughs> I took him, even when he was free, I drove him around the council estate that we lived on. And I was like, That's, that was a flat that we lived in. And he, he laughed a bit. And I thought, maybe he will be a Tory. But I'm just trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to just, I want him to know my story. But I spoke, we were talking about this the other day, me and the missus, like how how different can his life be? And I, a lot of my friends and people that I know at the moment are considering private school for their kids. But I find that difficult. I, I just think, could I could I let it be so different from him? Because I think a good comprehensive education for me was something that I valued. I don't know if you boys are grappling with the same thing. What's your wife's background? She well, she, so do you understand, understand this? Well, she's working class, but that echelon above that used to go Spain, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like. So, <laughs> So she she was that mythical thing that she'd been Disneyland, but American Disneyland. And I didn't even think those people existed. So her, <laughs> her family had done well, you know, hardworking, upwardly mobile, uh, working class family. So they'd done all right. But I sort of judged the differences between us on strange metrics, like the fact that they used to have like actual Diet Coke in the fridge. Do you know what I mean? Like as yeah, kids. Not like the Safeway version. <laughs> no, no. I'm, we're talking cans as well. Cans. Yeah. Not Panda Pops. Remember Panda Pops? I like the Panda Pop. Nothing wrong with a Panda Pop, Rob. I know, but it's not. It's not an elite fizzy drink, is it? It's. I, I like think it, it, but it's but... a decent mid ranger though. It's a decent mid range. You know, the football. Oh yeah, no, yeah. It's not like them cheap energy ones that are called like Energy Go Go Thirteen P. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dangerous, dangerous ball or some sort of <laughs> ripoff. Green cow gives me legs. One of those. <laughs> But there was a level below that. The Panda Pops was um, I spoke about it in the book. Has he mentioned the book and being a Tory? I think. Oh, he has. get the book but, in, um, mate. You got a book out. Get the book in. Well, it's called "Where Did I Go Right? How the Left Lost Me." But I would say this, and I'm aware. Someone's of the just of surrendered his fee there by doing the plug. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not. It's not like one of the things that people have said is I like the book, but it's not that political. And a lot of it is stuff like this, talking about class background and we we used to get this coke from quicksave that was called vogue cola and it's the <laughs> worst it was be somewhere beneath panda pops way beneath panda quicksave. pops it just didn't what happened to quicksave yeah quick quicksave there's a quicksave in mitchum and we used to say to me and my sister used to petition my mum and say mum could we just like have no coke for four weeks and then proper coke for one week <laughs> And that, that week, we'd get all our mates round and try and put out some good PR about the family. Look, we're back on our feet. But... <laughs> the way you said what happened to Quicksave, Rob, was with a yearning I've not heard. Like, the, the absolute kind of <laughs> nostalgic, couldn't believe that. Yeah, just like something you forgot existed. Someone put on the other day, you remember when it used to tell you would go into the adverts and there'd be a black and white flicker in the top left-hand corner? Yeah. yeah, yeah Where's yeah. that gone? Do you know what? My, my new tour's writing itself here. <laughs> Um, so what, how's Sebastian getting on then? Is he at preschool? Has he gone to school yet? You're toying up his education? No, so he, he did, this year was his, his first year, and what a year to start school. Oh, wow. And, yeah. and he's, he's handled it really well. This is part, part of the problem, Rob, is that I just got so full of admiration for the lad. Like, he's taking it... Uh, he's he's taking, like a football manager yeah. about Phil Foden. <laughs> 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 well, do you, know, do you know what I was thinking about, like, before I come on the show, and I was trying to think of what it what it's going to be like, and I think he's going to be like Nigel Clough to my Brian. You know, I'm a bit, I like a moan, I get a bit angry, I like a drink. <laughs> well, he's just, he, he, he's just going to clean it up a bit, and he'll have had a slightly nicer life. But <laughs> but he, he's handled he's handled all that really well. But he, he's also he's a very sensitive lad as well. He's really really smart, which is sounds like I'm boasting, but there's there's sort of dangers that go with that in terms of picking up on on stuff. 
You know, what's, he, what's he picked up on then? Is he just picking up on your like your mood and things like that? Yeah, you know, like I, he worked out what a hangover was a bit too soon for me. I would like, <laughs> I would like to think we could have gone a couple more Not years from, with. I just want to check from your experience rather than from his. <laughs> yeah, he comes out absolutely hanging this morning. Could you put extra milk in the shreddies? He, like, I would have liked a couple more years of. Oh, oh, daddy's a bit tired today. That would have been useful. Do you know what I mean? But he's, oh, he's rather than sort of, gloating that you're hungover. Yeah, yeah, not gloating, but just kind of like he's 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 clocked it. But I think he does well on my hangover days. I'm making myself sound like a bit of an alky here. I've drunk but more. But the one day a week when you're the one day a week when you're not hungover, you're an absolutely superb parent, aren't you, Jack? <laughs> Do you know what? I wonder, Josh. I wonder if I'm actually a better because I get such guilt, like because I so want to be a good oh, dad. Really? So on the hangover day, it's like theme parks. Do you know what I mean? I'll, I'll suddenly go. We should do something today because I oh, really it's, it's so it's totally self absorbed. I want to essentially assuage my own sort of self-loathing <laughs> so we'll end up at well I, I also think there's something in if you're hung <laughs> over see why you and Romesh are mates <laughs> <laughs> you're really clicking on the parenting thing I feel awful <laughs> right let's go and do something to make sure that I'm, I'm being a good dad that's exactly it yeah <laughs> I think if you're hung over Doing something's much better. There's nothing worse than doing nothing. Do you know what I mean? Just clock watching mm. hungover. Like you have to go, I'm going to do an activity today. No way. At, yes, I've got way, to Rob. disagree. Like, right, so you're hungover. It's so much easier to go, I'm going to go to the zoo than it is to are go. You, are you on fucking crack? <laughs> go to the zoo with kids hungover is better than just laying on your sofa alone. Well, I'm not laying on my sofa. No, no, I'm, I'm saying, Rob... Laying on the sofa alone isn't one of the options. The options is oh, okay, doing yeah. arts and crafts in my kitchen or going to the zoo. No, I, yes, I, I, yeah. If you're with kids, it's better to go and do something with them. The only, the only reason, though, that's good is because they're in the car or the train, strapped in or sat down, and that kills a two hours. <laughs> you basically, the commute is the good bit. I, what I'd, I'd like to be very clear on this. What I wasn't saying was I actually find hangovers easier now that I'm a parent that goes <laughs> yeah, to the zoo. Yeah, and I zoo go to the zoo on was, my own with yeah, a hangover. Yeah. But then when you do get to that that 4 p.m. nap on the couch, it's like it's the most sweetest, well-earned nap, you know, and the missus is like, okay, you know, you've done your bit. Whereas if you spend a whole day being, being useless, and, yeah. and also the good thing from a parenting point of view is if you're in that situation, then ice cream, ice cream, ice cream, chocolate. You know what I mean, that is actually completely yeah. in context. And they think yeah. you're, you're being a good parent. It all works. I'm, I'm going to go back. Now I understand that, that, that the kids are always involved in this process. I'm going to agree. I would even suggest getting up at like early, 7, 8 a.m. when the kids are up, when yeah. you might be still pissed. So they can take them to the park <laughs> and have them yeah. at the park for about four hours and then take them home. And you're like, oh, I've had the kids all morning. Do you want to have them? And then you just collapse. So oh, I would 100% say on the, it's way better to be the person that does the early morning with the promise of the mid-morning to lunchtime nap. Yes. Than it is to be the person that lies in, gets up, and then it's the whole way through. <laughs> if I'm up at 7am uh, and I'm just going, all I've got to do is make it to 11am, piece of piss. Yeah, and I think that you can sell that deal to ladies as well. I think women, when they're hungover, the mornings is their delicate bit, and you can be like, I'm just going to absolutely power through this bit. The, the only problem with getting them up at 7am is that, like, well, he he he's, he sleeps like an absolute log. What's he sleeping like? From the beginning, Rob, I would say that, and this is this will sound like boasting, but I will get to a point where you realise that this isn't totally eighteen like, hours a day. Is, is, is I would <laughs> judging night. on his sleeping patterns, I think he's in the top one percent of people who've ever slept. Like, <laughs> wow! 
because because me and my wife are talking about that because he's only and if you've got a kid right now and it's difficult, I'm so, maybe just bleep out this bit or, or yeah, something because I know. Off, but, yeah. You know what? I accept you're doing here, Jeff. I I think it's fine because you're saying he's good at sleeping. What I think would be unacceptable is if you went. We're just such great parents that we've made <laughs> yes. him into no, this no, brilliant sleeper. He's, he's something... Like accepting that you're powerless and you've got lucky, I think is totally acceptable. Yeah, he's a once in a generation. Like the only time he's had bad night sleeps is when he's been <laughs> ill and stuff. But there is a there is a tale to this. Like there's a flip side to this, whereby, I mean, if you have to wake him up slightly before his time, it's like you're bringing him round from major surgery. <laughs> it's so difficult. <laughs> he just doesn't know what's going on. And what hours is he doing at the moment? What hours? Well, we, we, we've been sort of, I mean, we did try to stay reasonably rigid with bedtimes. That's the only thing that we did do. He does, so we take him up about quarter to eight, uh, do a yeah. story, and then it's 8, 8 p.m. right round till sort of half seven, really. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we've, we've like toileting stuff and stuff like that when you have to start reminding them not to just sit there and piss themselves every <laughs> night. Um, like, when you just, honestly, it's like he's had an anaesthetic. It, 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 there's another challenge, but I but I think it's actually, he's so alert, like, when he wakes up. And that's the other side to it, is, is he's straight in the game. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's kind of like 11 a.m. awake within the first minute of being up. <laughs> yeah. So he's always awake or not awake. He's never that in-between stage. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we haven't had much in in the sort of dream lights. I, I was, I mean, I, I remember when Ellis was on your podcast and he was talking about like the um, the uh, the afternoon nap going out. I still have a memorial every month, like to remember the the passing of the afternoon nap. It's the best bit. <laughs> Of being a parent, because the thing was, when it finished, I sort of said to my wife, "I said, guys, such a shame in it, like that, all that extra sleep we were both getting." She was like, "Both getting." When that was me, I was doing jobs around the house. I was like, <laughs> "Oh yeah, no, I was doing that too, babe." <laughs> oh wait, yeah, when the afternoon nap goes, you do feel like they should do some sort of like gun salute just to mark it. <laughs> I tell you what's not true of the afternoon nap going is they the myth that it makes the night times longer and better. Like once you lose the afternoon nap they'll be sleeping much better at night. It makes absolutely no difference. <laughs> that, that, I think that's a noble lie. You know, like at the yeah. beginning of COVID when they said that PPE doesn't help, like just because they, ne- <laughs> they needed it <laughs> yeah. for the hospitals. It's an absolutely <laughs> noble lie. Um, was he always a good sleeper then, even when he was a baby? He he was he was. I mean, the first the first couple of weeks that that we had him made it sound like first it. First couple of weeks. Come on, mate. <laughs> Come no, on, no, no. People are going to be like, sickening this, Jeff. I could take him being a Tory, but this is fucking too much, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> I let him be UKIP without this sleep. It's doing my nothing. <laughs> But I also think that the way that I, I, I said, said that was bad. I said I've got a wife earlier, and then I said the first few weeks that we had him, like it was a new electric car or something. I, um, but he, he, we did have a problem. He had that thing with the the jaundice, and then he had, you know, the Billy Rubens thing where what's the Billy Rubens? Oh, Billy Rubens. So it's a thing. Sounds that, like a jazz musician. I thought I thought it was going to be uh, like working class uh, rhyming slang yeah, that you Billy two were going to know, and I'm like, touch the old Billy Rubens. Yeah. He, oh, oh, <laughs> He's only got his Billy Rubens off his nut, the geezer. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know what it is yet. We're making jokes. It's going really bad. Sorry. Please, please, going please let me bad. Floor. Please let me bad. Sorry, Yeah, Jeff. well, you know, he will, he will never see out of his left eye, but, he, you know, he's a bright... <laughs> you won't see out your bloody left eye, you Tory. That's the problem, isn't it? Oh, one eye right eye over it. We're still doing jokes. Still don't know what Billy Rubens is. Um, so it's a jaundice thing. A lot of babies have the, have the jaundice, and then sometimes it, if it's not monitored correctly and stuff, it gets to a point where they have to... Uh, 
then they have to have like a they have to put a little one of those blue light blankets around them and stuff like that. All right. Uh, and then with him, like, because because they got some of the numbers wrong and stuff, they had he had to go like in a chamber thing. So it was quite. By the way, this is all right. Oh, it's God. all right in the end. I should reassure you both. But it was funny because is it an escalation when, of Billy Ruby? Is it escalation of the jaundice sense with their skin? It's goes an escalation of jaundice. And the thing is, one thing: if any parents are listening, they know exactly how to sort it. But the problem is, when you're a new parent, you you just don't listen to them. Yeah. But they know exactly what to yeah. do, and it's always fine. So right? it's all safe. It's all sorted now. But so it's it all goes, fine. It's worth keeping. Yeah. It never keep, escalated to William Rubens, did it? That's the word. <laughs> <laughs> that's, well, that's what he puts on his mortgage a- application. <laughs> 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 but all I'm saying is, though, he's absolutely fine. Billy Rubens can be sorted, and we can leave all that stuff in the edit. Yeah, <laughs> Billy, Billy Rubens, it, it can be sorted. But I remember, like me and my, my wife, like there was just one point we were so worried about him and stuff. We were oh so yeah, when you're, it's your first baby and you don't know anything, it's horrible, isn't it? Weren't listening, but he had this point where he was in this chamber and he had this blanket around him. But they put these sort of like pair of shades on him, and it was properly hilarious. Like even in the depths of our anxiety, and you know when as a bloke. It's almost like you bloke with your missus where you know when an argument's coming to an end and you're trying to, when can I do the first like gag here? Or for, and sometimes yeah. you get it wrong and it puts another two hours on it. But I just got was just sort of nodding to her going, look at him. Oh, funny, yeah, I've just like. Googled it. They put a little like, like patch over their eyes, don't they? Because of the, the stuff that helps the skin. But he, look, he looked like a guy in a solarium is what he looked like. He looked like... <laughs> With little oh, twinks God. in his eyes. <laughs> yeah, well, because also all the you know the staff and the doctors they know it'll be fine. Just he has to go in there for a bit. But when you get so worried, I remember when they had to check they had to check the hearing. I think it was because oh, what is it when that meconium or something mm. when when the baby comes out with something it shouldn't come out with, they have to check it to make sure it hasn't gone in its ears and stuff. So they they did the, like the, the hearing test and they go right, the left one's working, and then as you're going, okay, that's fine. At least, at least I've got if you haven't got the other one, they've got one here. Just shut up, brain, stop thinking, and just let the doctor do the checking. All right, I worry about it later. But it's you're just so manic, aren't you, with a baby? Yeah, no, we we, we were, and and then he, but things turned around quite. Quick. But it made us nervous actually. There was a little legacy for that, you know, and we'd had difficulties with pregnancies in the past and stuff like that. So we were we were on ten hooks for a number of reasons. But it did it did make us worried. Um, but but yeah, it, it was fine. And then I suppose in a way, it gave us a bit of faith as well. Like if something does go wrong, just dis- listen to the doctors. It's like when they get their first virus and they have antibiotics and it does work. Like it works really yeah. fast. Mm. But you know, when they're when they're sort of like you know like really hot in the middle of the night and talking in tongues, oh, it's terrifying. Isn't it's, it? it's so bad. I mean, when you forget that, don't you? Me and, me and the missus were speaking the other day, going. Yeah, do you remember how we struggled to show any objectivity uh, around that time? So, like, I, I, like them being babies is really cute, but this age five, it's like they're in touch with their cute selves, but not yet their annoying selves. It's a real sweet spot. <laughs> yeah, but they do flirt <laughs> with it a bit and give you absolute attitude out of nowhere because it's sort of like they're just realising they can. Have you had that yet, or is he still really sweet? Well, you got two boys, didn't you, Rob? Uh, no, no, two, two, girls, two girls. Yeah, two yeah, girls. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listening to the podcast, I do wonder if it's a bit different on that front because girls, you know, like they use so many more words even from the ages of yeah. three. I don't so want to be a big gammon here, guys, but Let's... I think boys and girls are sometimes different. Well, you're oh, in the right dear. company for that oh, sort of dear, stuff. Rob. <laughs> Have I been cancelled? You're, you're pushing the it Billy Rubin door. stuff was bad, but this is the absolute tip I'm just of the saying, I think boys and girls are sometimes different. Oh, my God. They definitely are at that age. I, I, yeah. I, they definitely are. And also, like, with girls as well. And, I, yeah, look, I'll happily take a stick for this one. But they, their ability to – let's not use the word manipulate, but influence um, – is, 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 <laughs> oh. is, is like a superpower. And I think yeah. that they discover that superpower a bit earlier. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Do you ever feel like topical comedy only ever tends to come from one angle? Well, I'm Jeff Norcott, host of What Most People Think, and my show jokes about all sides, jokes about Tories, jokes about Labour, jokes about everyone. If there's any Lib Dems listening, there isn't. <laughs> With returning guests from across the political spectrum, including Romesh Ranganathan, Simon Evans, Catherine Ryan, Constantine Kissing, David Baddiel, Andrew Doyle, Al Murray, and more. Sometimes we'll make good points, sometimes we'll make cheap jokes, but whatever we do, we'll be trying our best to get to the heart of what most people think. Well, I think with three as well, because it's sort of like there is it's sort of a gang. I've got like a, it's almost like there's a gang of them in my house now. These three girls that gang up on me, and it does make a difference, I think. But um, but yeah, girls are, but boys are just boys are way more rough when they play yeah. and stuff. Is he? Yeah, quite like, I'm slightly you know, worried about that with having a boy because I'm I'm quite happy with like my daughter. She didn't really smash stuff up or draw on the wall or. You know, jump you've on things. Well, you've basically it? brought her up in a knickknack museum as well. So this, <laughs> your boy is going to rip it apart, smash it to pieces. I, I, I think we've got this kind of uh, a bit like I was talking about the people that think their um, their sleeping techniques are what made their kid a good sleeper. Yeah. I think we've got this view that well, if you're surrounded by knickknacks, she just behaves because she knows the value of the stuff around. <laughs> she's on the on the Insta account. She knows what this stuff's going yeah, for. She's not going to piss around near a glass dome, is she? You she's can't not... play Twister near a chaise lounge. Not at Mama's house. <laughs> and now my son's going to come along and he's going to take a fucking shit on the uh, on the golden palm tree lamp. And before we know it. <laughs> Well, you do see the madness in boys' eyes. That's what you see. You know that thing about some men just want to watch the world burn. I think they all they all have that. And I don't know if this has been discussed by any of the dads with boys, but the stamping on your bollocks thing is incredible. It's almost like it's almost like a Keep kind talking, of Jeff. I don't. I, this hasn't been discussed. Unsurprisingly, well, I'm maybe he just though. really, maybe he just really doesn't like me as a geezer. Like, and he just, he just, he's, maybe he's just, he's just, just doesn't a, want another sibling. Yeah. Yours are very low, though. It is a bit of a trip hazard, isn't it? So it's almost like he will kick him at some point. That's something. <laughs> but I'm only joking. Right. You've got normal balls, Jeff. Bit to the right, but apart from that. <laughs> They're going south. But yeah. the I, I think maybe it's like a scorched earth policy. I wonder if it's that, like, kind of like, I'm there and this can never happen again sort of thing. But it just, you know, headbutting them. I've spoke to a few dads. They were just, like, they're so inaccurate, right? And their cognitive skills and their motor neurons are so bad. But when it comes to your balls, they know exactly where they are. And they know exactly the sort of contact that will cause the worst sort that's of pain. Because that's where they come from, Jeff. They're like a homing pigeon. They, they, they return home to well, I think that's weird, though, but I think that might be more true. But also, I think some just individuals are different. So my eldest is very gentle and does sport and run around and climb stuff a bit, but not that bothered. She'll happily sit and draw or do crafts, where my youngest just jumps on me all the time, like hangs off my neck, hangs mm. off me. The, her new thing is running at me and ramming me in the nuts like a like a sheep. She does that a lot. <laughs> just like headbutts them and laughs and runs off. So I don't know if, I don't know if it's boy or girl, but or if some are just more... Got more energy. Do you think, chaps, I was, I was speaking about this the other day, about girls, you know, and you, you, you sort of think as someone right of centre, you know, every aspect of progress worries me. And I'm like, oh, it's ridiculous. Oh, they, they've recast that as a female and stuff. But I have to say, like, I think watching girls in playgrounds and stuff, they are more physically confident now. And if you think there's been loads of films like Ray and Star Wars, there's been loads of action heroes. I just wonder if that's sort of filtered through now. Whereas when I was younger in playgrounds, there did mm. seem to be more of a gender divide. But... 
But yeah. look, this is, I'm just being a bit left winger, guys. No, I, 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 quite, I sort no, of think it was. I would, I would agree slightly. So, like, some of the stuff my kids watch, like, they watch superhero girls on telly, which is basically just like female versions of all the super, like, Batgirl, Bat, you know, uh, Wonder Woman and Supergirl and all that kind of stuff. And they love yeah. that and they run around being superheroes and stuff. But my both of my girls have both watched all those shows that are more like that. But one of them is way more. I want to be a superhero. I like dinosaurs type of thing where yeah. my eldest is so like, if, if, if you asked like at, at Nigel Farage, what a girl's like, it would be what my eldest daughter, <laughs> yeah, pink unicorn, pretty do my hair mummy. Like it is mental. Like it's almost, you sort of look at going, you are not doing yourselves any favors guys. Do put on a pair of trousers quick. Come on. <laughs> so I, yeah, I do think though that has changed slightly like in the playground, but I, I find sometimes I still like, I still live in Southeast London and some of my friends, or family members will say certain things. I'm like that. You're 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 painting her out to do that because you think that's what girls do. I think schools are actually way more progressive, but still at, at, in the home with certain older members of families, they will say certain things that sort of go, "Oh, that you'll like this, or you'll get that." Or when they bring them gifts and stuff, I find it still a little bit. That's what girls have. That's what boys have. But the telly's definitely helped. I think it is funny though if you have like a really liberal progressive couple mate though that are going for the gender neutral thing. It's the funniest thing in the world to just buy them like action man just to yeah. see the look at, it's out of order there you well, go there you go we, Bar- we, Barbie we, for you love action man for him yeah. that's what they really like <laughs> well we did that because we said that we don't want any sort of girl, like stereotypically girl toys um, but you know as they grow older and they pick in a shop let them but I don't want to give like an eight month old a kitchen or a pram just because she's a girl and that's what would usually be ball kind of thing or a doll and stuff like that but then literally and then someone did buy him a pram and was like oh yeah no actually we don't really want to give him that it was a bit awkward and then embarrassing for us every single time she went anywhere she went and played with the pram and we were like oh, yeah. God. <laughs> she's not helped us out here she's a stereotype my stereotyped five-year-old daughter she, <laughs> she doesn't realize rob what she's doing to the cause does she <laughs> i know exactly but it used to do it boys as well do you remember that the worst toy in the world which was just a multi-story car park what was that in terms of setting you up? Like, just so you know, in about 40 years, you're going to be having blood pressure issues because you can't park in one of these. So you might as well get used to it, Sunshine. That was the shittest toy ever. Or it wasn't yeah, even you like think a ramp. kitchens no are bad. No Hot Wheels, yeah. just parking them. The ramp was quite exciting, but it didn't really give you an idea of how tense it actually is doing the ramp bit of a multi-story car park. <laughs> When you do that bit, you're constantly worried about catching your wheel or something. But that was that was the fun bit of the multi-story car park. There was a petrol station the at the bottom as well, wasn't there? A petrol yeah. station. Okay, and just so you know, like if you want to make it really tense, is to exit it, realizing you haven't got any fuel and you're in a city centre. Yeah. Um, and just, I mean, the only thing they could have done to make that more realistic was actually add like screaming kids sound effects. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever, uh, can I ask a question, uh, guys? Have you ever, like, got, when, like, your partner and the kids are in the car and it's been quite a stressful time leaving the house, have you ever shut all the doors and just screamed fucking hell on your own when they can't hear? <laughs> no, no, why have you, Rob? <laughs> yes, and it's yeah. quite liberating because it's a liberating <laughs> moment where basically that's, it's sort of like, it's a moment of stillness and it's just like, fuck, and then you just get back in the car and plough on. Well, I, I have that same feeling, Rob, but sadly for my sort of stomach, I push it all down into hernia territory. I just oh, go, right. <laughs> the best you can hope for is you just, in terms of how your kids see you, is you just hang in there. And then when they're about 24, they go, you know what? He's actually quite a reasonable bloke. That's, that's not what you're shooting for. <laughs> He's got his faults, but he tried his best. He's actually quite a sound guy. That's your, that's your, <laughs> that's your apex position. Oh, God. How are you feeling about like, 
I mean, five, but it's like when he becomes a teenager and stuff like that. We haven't really kind of gone into what kind of parent are you? Are you disciplinarian? Are you trying to be down with the kids? What? No, I am a very soppy. You know, like all comics have that thing. We all do this to varying extents. There's that, that, there's that aspect to yourself you push out on stage. And it is a part of you, but it's the bit that you choose to sort of like explore on stage. Mm. And it, almost all comics are really not like that a lot of the time. And so I, I am really soppy, really needy. And I was sort of thinking in one generation, it's gone from me going, oh, yeah, my old man. You know, never told me he loved me that much and never hugged me that much. And I think that Seb, when he has counselling, it will be like, just always wanted to hug me, just always wanted to <laughs> just wish he'd shut up and go away. Like, I, re- I really I had to, am. I had to pretend to be asleep so he'd stop hugging me. I was just... <laughs> so did, you, did your dad not hug you then, Jeff, much? A was bit, it quite old you know school what? handshake, Dad? Yeah, well, I was thinking about this. You know, you sort of develop these narratives and stuff. And then I remembered, like, the first... Because we used to sort of, like, we used to give each other a kiss goodbye. And I remember I was getting, like, I was about 12 or 13. And I remember I'm saying to him, I go, yeah, I think that, I think we're done with that. You know, stuff. And I remember looking at his face, like, he looked a bit gutted. So I wonder mm-hmm. if I've sort of projected that onto him and going, cool, he weren't that tactile. Whereas actually it was me, you know. And then yeah. in, in the last five years of his life, we, we sort of brought back in the odd bit of, you know, and stuff. He got, he remarried and turned his life around a bit. So it, it ended up, like, really positive uh, in that respect. But I've definitely... Overdo. I know Romish talks about this as well, but I'll just be on the couch and I'll just go cuddle, you know. And he's yeah. and he, he started to develop this enduring look on his face, like go on then. Um, and I think we, we do this a lot with parenting, don't we? We overcorrect. We always yeah. over instead of thinking, how about split the difference? Like maybe my old man needs something <laughs> and I didn't. You know what? <laughs> it just swings between generation, doesn't it? <laughs> too much or not enough. Too much or not enough. Well, when I was a teacher, I remember like like you'd always see it at parents' evening, the overcorrecting parents. Like you'd have this really like chippy dad would go, Well the thing is my dad made me do homework all the time, so I've said to my kid, you don't ever have to do homework. <laughs> I'm like, or you sort of find a balance between those things, maybe. <laughs> yeah. What um what level teacher were you, Jeff? Like uh, what what year? Not whether not were you good or bad. <laughs> Absolute bollocks, Josh. Absolute nuts level. Um I was I was a secondary school teacher, and, and you know what that disciplinarian thing. I'm good as the final point disciplinarian. Like when we've had a couple of issues with him, where we're not sure he's telling us exactly what's happened. I go full Robert De Niro and meet the parents. You know when he gets uh, Gaylord's hands and holds his pulse and stuff, and like does a cold read on him. I, I come in at that level, like the CIA interrogation yeah. level. I'm quite good at that level, but I'm pretty soft most of the rest of the time. And I was quite a strict teacher as well, to be fair. What does your experience of being a teacher did that presumably obviously that was before you had kids did that make you um want kids did that make like what's your relate what's your relationship put me off for years Josh did it put me off for years I had to to kind of go through like decompression for well I, I was a teacher and I was like you know I did supply up until about 2010 but I I yeah we start I stopped being a teacher full time in about 2006 and we mm. didn't start trying for a kid till 2013. So that's how much it burnt me. <laughs> it was, but it, it did teach me as well, like the kids, you know, there's certain things that they want as well. They do mm. actually want rock solid people around them. You know, when, certainly with teenagers, I always felt when they were trying to rebel, they were trying to push him down the wall, right? That's what it felt like. But the truth was, they just wanted to know it was a good wall. Whereas the mistake I, is. To- I- I agree totally. It's it's like referees. You want consistency. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You do, the worst teachers were ones whether you didn't know whether you could have a laugh with them. Do you know what I like? Yeah. With a teacher, 
who was harsh, I felt I preferred that to one who was a laugh eighty percent of the time, but sometimes would flip out at you. Or the one that would would kind of be liberal and easygoing with the hard lads. That was the worst kind of teacher, wasn't it? When you knew yeah. that he knew that his old man was in organised crime, and he'd be like, "Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you um, like taken taking your boy on holiday and stuff yet?" And like, obviously, it's very different to your holidays and things like that. How, 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 are you a relaxed parent on holiday, or you're still quite amped up? He, you know, he he's great fun. Um, but I don't get I don't get too tense about taking him away. I mean, one one thing I did notice about airports, right? And this is where it's just harsh on women. So I, I think when you're traveling in an airport, I think women tend to take on the stress of that situation more squarely because they've had, you know probably on balance done more of the packing and just more stressed about it. But the flip side of that is seeing blokes get told off in an airport, seeing husbands get it's the funniest <laughs> thing, man. Like get get getting the hairdryer treatment outside of Carluccio's. Just see some bloke with his missus just <laughs> absolutely because you can tell it's the culmination of like probably a whole week where he hasn't packed, he's yeah. got up late, he's walked the dog while they're supposed to be, you know, all those distraction te- techniques. So I both observed that and I am also that guy. If you were to have any more, Jeff, would you go? Would you want all boys, or would you like a bit of balance in the house? I think we're one and done, to be honest. I think we always we took we were we were married a long time before we even started trying. We were married ten years before we even started trying for oh, wow. a kid, which is quite long. So, yeah. so we were like, let's just make one good one, right? Let's make one. Good. And the thing is, he's so good that I just cannot see. You know, you know when you just have one of those gigs, right? And then you have got to be in the same the same unfollowable. He's unfollowable. <laughs> That's exactly what he is. And, and you've got to be in the same venue the following night. And you just go, look, it could be better, but statistically, it's not going to happen. So let's just get through <laughs> it. Um, so, uh, yeah, and also the age we were when we had our first one as well. I, th- I think it's much more likely that we're going to get a cavapoo. <laughs> when, you, when you say you have, like, it was 10 years between getting married and having a kid, did you plan not to have kids? Or if you don't, like... No, no. So we we were at times we were like fifty fifty. We're like could do, couldn't do. It, it, either was fine with us. But what we sort of said was, we're, if we ever got to a consistent seventy thirty, I mean, if he listens to this, he'll be. This so is some shocked. of the most romantic chat I've ever heard. <laughs> Did you have a chart in your kitchen? Yeah, we updated the spreadsheet every week. We'd hit recalculate and then we'd look at the pie chart. and we'd Burn make... the condoms. We've reached 70-30. It's, like it's like a threshold. Do you know what I mean? We'd have a referendum every single week on having a kid. It, mainly, it was mainly Project Fear, to be honest, from both of us. And, and But then, yeah, when we when we got to it, but as you can imagine, the pressure in the family was, you know, like they were like, oh, married now, won't be long before there's a little one. And then they started to get really disillusioned, I think. So I... Because it just totally went against anything that had gone before. And they used to be like, well, you know, we had two kids by the time we were your age. And I was like, yeah, but you never had Sky Plus. Do you know what I mean? You didn't. Yeah. <laughs> it, everything was a bit shit then, let's be honest. How old was you when he was born? I was 40. I, I had him in my uh, in my 40th year. You said earlier that, that you had, you don't have to talk about this, but you said you had some kind of problems with pregnancies and stuff. Did that make you feel like more kind of, I don't know, even more kind of love towards him because he feels like... Yeah, I mean, I don't mind talking about it, just in terms of, you know, like, it's a bit of a... It was a hard thing to go through, but we had a couple of miscarriages. Then we had a loss of a very late-stage pregnancy. So what happened with that was... which was Yeah, well, mate, look, I do think it's important that blokes talk about this because it's hard enough for women, right? It's hard hard enough for women, but blokes tend to just internalise and kind of not really mention it. So it was a very difficult thing to go through, but... It was like 
it was strange, like kind of ironic that we kind of realised, not ironic, but just in that moment, we're like, we absolutely want to do this. You know, it was the only, in such yeah. a difficult moment, it was like the only kind of like bit of spiritual kind of thing. And I think that maybe in a way, you know, because we're, we're also aware that we didn't really change much in terms of still wanting to have one kid, that we wanted to savour every single minute. Mm. But I wonder yeah. if that's what's come out in him as well. He's like, we want every day, magical day, what, you know. And, 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 <laughs> and it's made, it, it's had a knock on impact in his life but just to make his life sort of a curiously sort of disney um type experience yeah. but i mean like again if there's people listening to this and stuff it's it, they've been through a similar thing it's complicated because there is like a almost like a sliding doors other timeline that you have a mind on sometimes mm. you know and he he's he's sort of aware of, of what happened and you know i do sometimes wonder if he's trying so to would be- you speak to him about that then well, because it was such a difficult thing, he was a way, you know, there's ways that you phrase it with kids. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I, I don't care whether you're religious or not. Once you've had a kid and you have to describe that sort of stuff, it's like, right, so you've ever heard of angels? Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. You know, everyone yeah. suddenly comes a bit a bit Christian because it just makes it easier. So obviously I imagine he was aware that his mum was pregnant and then there wasn't the baby. So yeah, it's yeah. Hard it, for him, isn't it? It was a tricky call, but it was such a hard thing to be a parent after that. It was just it took the, the pressure off a bit for him to just some sort of know that something like that has, has happened in a way. And um, you know, it, it was it was it was a difficult call, but he is. I mean, I remember when we said when we were pregnant again, and I was like, my, my wife said, oh, "What are we going to do if he's a difficult kid?" You know, what I mean, we've been through so much. I was like, I said, I think he's going to be absolutely fine. I said, I think he's going to sleep twelve hours straight through, be a lovely kid. I sort of almost made like a comical, ironic wish list mm. for a kid, and that is what we got. I mean, that sounds a bit corny, but that is pretty yeah. much what happened. I think it's interesting you say about like not wanting to talk about it because I haven't spoken on here before because we were pregnant but we had a miscarriage between our two children hmm. and it is Tough, man. It, it's yeah and it's it's really weird to kind of it, there is a weird stigma about it really not a stigma but it's not spoken about in the same way as loads of other things it's so you, you don't realize that it's it's something like one in four pregnancies ends in a miscarriage of some sort and it's it's such a regular thing but it's so um kind of behind closed doors even now i think yeah i mean you look when you look at the statistical likelihood of it that especially uh, you know sort of early stage pregnancies as well i think you know kind of stillbirth once you get to a certain point it's about one in every 200 but like early stage pregnancies but as i as i said it I, you know i said it in in um you know a couple i did a carryad lloyd's brilliant grief cast mm. um uh, podcast Cause it took me this long to be able to talk about it to be honest but i said yeah. that what happens is i think is the moment you get pregnant there's a bit of your brain that's already building a little room do you know what i mean like you don't know yeah. it, but it's sort of constructed it so whether that ends at two weeks three weeks seven weeks 14 weeks or 36 weeks that room is still there that's the thing and so that's the thing that that's the thing that yeah you, you you have to deal with and I'm but it just I mean like it's taken this happened in 2014 and it's only been this year that I've been able to talk about it oh, publicly so yeah. what whatever stage people are in in that thing you know it, it, it's it, it's a complicated one but um but yeah you know I'm I'm happy to speak to I, I, I mean I realise now that it's quite hard to be funny about this but I'm I'm no, you no, know, so I'll I give it a go in a minute lads just let you two have a chat. <laughs> If we can get it out of that uh, Billy thing, we'll, we'll try it with this. Yeah. I'll just take Billy yeah. Rubens if it goes a bit quiet. Oh, you, you wait for the callback at the end of this one, lads. It's unbelievable. <laughs> do you like? Do you know other people that have been through similar things? Like, yeah, we we do. Yeah, I I, I find like 
it seems sounds kind of weird, but like friends I know that have had miscarriages, and you kind of feel like you're in like it's kind of like you're in the weirdest club ever. Do you know what I mean? It feels like I don't know. That feels like something where you go, oh, you know what this is like, don't you? And it kind of almost like it bonds you in a strange way to people that have had similar experiences, I think. Yeah, and again, I, I think that, it, and I'm really cautious about making out like, because I think women go through the physical side. So yeah. there are some gender stuff and sex stuff that is just innate. Like you can't change the fact that it, pe- people often say this cliche to you as a bloke, going, well, you know, it's just as bad for the man. You go, I, I, I don't know if it is because you, you don't have that physical thing. But what you do have is that little room in your head you're building. And that is the thing, yeah. you know, and I was so like in, in the in the sort of couple of years afterwards, I was dependent on blokes that had been brave enough to write articles um, yeah. online and stuff. I read loads of that stuff, but I tried to write the articles and they were just so bad. And then I realised, just talk about it. That's what I do, yeah. do you know what I mean? Mm. I'm, a, I'm a talker. And I, I mentioned it briefly in the book, but it was only to contextualise something else. But I found that, you know, I can kind of talk about it and there are there are some good some good places that are, are cottoning on to this fact and um and it is yeah between blokes and the thing is blokes will naturally tend to ask you about your missus as well I and mean, you think that's fine but that means everyone in your life is asking about the missus which is natural yeah, yeah. And it's the right thing particularly in the immediate aftermath but then problem is is like you get a year down the line from it and people have got very different lives by that point, whereas you still think, Jesus, I'm still in the slipstream of this. But this yeah. is one thing I think I think about blokes, right, in terms of equality. There's two things I think need to happen. We need to remember stuff about what each other is going through and check in on it, right? That's just a simple thing. Women do that all the time and they're so much better for it. And then I think from women's side, they just need to take the piss out of each other more. I think those are two bits of equality that could happen. <laughs> <laughs> a bit, take a bit from one, take a bit from the other. Yeah, I, I think as well. I do think as well that you know, with how it, you know people say, "Oh, it's just as bad for the man," which it, ne- it never is because you're both dealing with mm. it mentally, and obviously the ladies got to deal with it physically. But I think yeah. the, what what the, the problem is, men don't deal with it mentally. So like they're both going through bad things, but blokes just bottle it up and don't really talk about it. And it's so inspiring that you're talking about it, Jeff, because it's yeah, other people get so much from this. The way you were you know looking for articles online if someone can hear that other people have gone through it and stuff like that it does it does really help so well done for talking about it i think a lot of people appreciate it far more than your right wing bullshit <laughs> yeah no <laughs> i mean look if, if there are people that if there are people that are cynical about me they'll be going here you go another usp god this this gives a <laughs> he, he, he can he can spy a niche i'll give him that <laughs> If there's um, places that people could go, um, if you let us know, Jeff, and we'll put it in like the description on the um, on the podcast because obviously, well, could affect- you know what? There's so few people that, and you might think I'm mad for saying this, but there's so few people that could actually get to get it together to chat. I, I, I you know, from my podcast, I, I, there's an email address that people can write to, right? Which is what most yeah. people think uk at gmail And if if I know it's about that, I'll read and respond to everyone because sadly, you know, what it just not a lot of people are willing to do that. But if oh, there's someone, good, if, it's, if it's basis, yeah. if it's based on this conversation. I always think it might be good for to further that a little bit, Absolutely. and then and then point them in, in the right direction. And you can tell them your tour dates and stuff as well, can't you? <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. I mean, like the, the little bit of the. If they end, want to yeah. buy the book, they buy the book, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. There'll, there'll be a few links in there. Obviously, yeah. discounts, you know, depending on how often yeah. it's you happened. came here for reference points, <laughs> and you stayed for Billy Rubin. <laughs> 
<laughs> but yeah, I don't, I don't mind people email, emailing. Yeah, what's the email address, Jeff? It's what most people think, UK at gmail.com. Um, and, you know, I've had a couple of, of chats with blokes and stuff like that. Oh, that's great. But if there's one thing that us soppy generation of dads can do is maybe we can, instead of 15 years, we can bring it down to six, five or yeah. six. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bottle it up for six and then talk about it rather than, you know, an outburst on a stag do for no reason and no one knows why. <laughs> The amount of times I've seen a bloke, not even on a stagnant, but like out in a pub, burst out the pub in tears because the song's come on and triggered them or they've read something and then all their mates go, fuck knows what's wrong with him. Well, I can probably tell you why. Go back 15 years. Do you find you're more emotional after having a kid, Jeff? Like, has that opened a kind of part of you? I would say so, yeah. I would say so. Because like you, you go back across stuff, even writing the book as well, to be honest, you just go back across stuff emotions come out you have a little cry and stuff and, and it just bit by bit it breaks you down <laughs> i don't know about you boys but you're like what have i become i love oh. a cry now oh i absolutely I, yeah, love, I love to wallow i love to wallow and i I, I, I when i was writing one of the chapters of my book which is sort of a sad bit i was actually cried the whole time i was writing it and at the end i burst out laughing going this feels like a fucking bridget jones deleted scene what the fuck <laughs> have you been what is what is going on here mate this is mental it's like i got possessed that was about your appearance on Nevermind the Buzzcocks, that chapter, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, dear. Um, a good oh, cry. Um, I mean, mate, it's cathartic. And, and, and yeah. I, it actually feels good afterwards. And I, I've yeah. sort of like, there'll be times, you know, like like sort of a tactical chunder. You know, your mates used yes. to do that really like drinking. <laughs> I would argue that before a big big day or a big, you think, oh, could I have a little, just a yeah. little blub here? That because if you don't plan it, it will come out at the worst point. I was trying to get the kids ready the other day and I was upstairs and then like a really sad advert come on for some like disease thing about kids and all this. And I literally <sighs> sat there and I just exploded into tears. <laughs> like, <gasps> and I'm like, you know, sort of an out of body experience. You're, like, you're watching yourself, like someone's just put a spell on you to be distraught. And then you're like trying to get yourself together to take them like wagamamas. <laughs> And we're not match fit, lads, are we? We're not match fit with crying because what happens is boys cry a lot, probably more than girls up to a certain age, and then there's a part of you that goes, right, suck it up. And then it re-emerges. And meanwhile, women have had a more sensible relationship with crying. Most most women have. And so they can actually make it look all right. Do you know what I mean? It looks, it doesn't look too ugly. Whereas we're having like some Hulk moment, aren't we? Just like coming <laughs> out like of us. Some, like, like splitting the atom. Like where if you cry a little <laughs> bit all the time, it's okay. But if you have that one mega <laughs> meltdown. Ripping off your shirt, radioactivity yeah. emanating from you. <laughs> uh, I mean, it feels like a, we normally end with the same question. It feels like a very kind of um, trite question now after the last kind of 15 minutes. But we'll, we'll still we'll we, go we with like the to question. keep to format, don't we, Rob? We like to keep to let's format. Yeah, yeah. No, look, I'm a fan of the show. I do, format is everything. Yeah, uh, look, let's keep not true. Not this show, Jeff. Is... Oh, no, I said it to be nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's, not, it's not a format-heavy production. Um, yeah, so the, the only bit of format is, what is the one thing that your partner does parenting-wise that annoys you and frustrates you, but you can't say anything because it'll kick off indoors, but this is your opportunity to vent, and if she listens, she might go, do you know what? I think Jeffrey's got a point. <sighs> Thing is, he's like, in this moment, I was thinking like this question. Yeah, I, I feel scared. I do feel <laughs> <laughs> scared to say it. 
a, a bit scared. Like, will, will she have listened this far, Jeff? Will she have bothered? No, nah, I mean, she's tapped out. You know what it's like in this game. First couple of years, oh, you've said with so-and-so. Oh, you're on a thing with Stacey Solomon. Then just don't care about any of it ever again. I genuinely, mate, Rose hasn't watched the last leg since David Cameron was in power. Genuinely. <laughs> since, it was actually, since it was actually about the Paralympics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't know her topical show. <laughs> Uh, you know, you know what, and I think she'd be alright. I, I think it is is coaching in social situations. It's like you're right. We're going here. She start laying out a playbook for how I've got to be. Okay. And then the problem is, is from my point of view, then is if I observe that, I feel like such a fake. And I sort of think, well, I understand when she does it because sometimes I'm on my phone or completely detached and stuff. But then, if I'm then doing it according to the playbook, I'm hating myself for being a sellout, but also coming across as really fake, like. I think, I think, I think, do think, and I realise now I've done a lot of gender stereotypes, but you know, if you, if you like all that, come to the tour. There's plenty more where that came from, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do, I do sort of, I, I, I love them in a way because I'm fascinated by women's stuff. And I think that on balance, I think women have a far more, they have far more of an idea of how they want stuff to be, right? So mm. if it's Christmas morning, they're like, you know what, today would be really nice if he was on really good form and being really charming with my folks. And they will sometimes think about this stuff, whereas blokes don't ever think about stuff like that. No. Oh, it would be great if she just bought me a sandwich for no reason. You know, you don't. Yeah. Actually, that's the one thing I have thought. But there is, there's generally <laughs> not that much of a playbook. So that, that is one thing. Uh, brilliant, Jeff. It's brilliant to speak to you. Thank you so much. And thank you for being so kind of open and honest. No, no, thanks for having us on. Yeah, and well, so first of all, where, where, what's your name of your book and where can we get it? Probably the internet, and it we'll get it from the internet. Um, yeah, I mean, if, if you go like it, type you, in the words "Jeff Norcott book," that is going to be. I've only got one. You know, what I mean, it's it's not that good a name where you're going to have other people even called that, let alone authors. So that'll get you there. Uh, and then the tour is September onwards, and luckily, being like a small to medium sized tour and act, it's almost certainly going to go ahead. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is actually called I blame the parents. Um, so yeah, oh, that'll be going from first oh. of September. And well done for I think opening up and talking because I think people yeah. really appreciate. It. And for anyone else that is gone through certain uh, things with miscarriage and stuff, what's that email address one more time for people? Yeah, if you want to just chat to me about it and carry on the discussion, it's what most people think uk at gmail.com. Or if you want to sort of like troll me just for being a Tory and an arsehole, that's a really good way of getting to me directly. <laughs> and it's what most people think is your podcast as well is that right oh i can't believe that yeah i should be i mean that's the only reason i've done it to be honest Rob. yeah the po- podcast is called what most people people think and i mean you're, the, you're uh, not a, you're not a brand name guy are you? this is the most confusing email address and name of a show it sounds like the start of a sentence and you a gmail jumps out of nowhere at you <laughs> i just love titles for stuff i just keep throwing shit at a wall i just keep adding words where did I go right? How the left lost me? What most people think? <laughs> Just Google Jeff Norcott. It's all on a website, isn't it? Yeah, you can find Not it. Not yet, but it will be. All right. <laughs> it will be. You don't want to rush into a website. They might not take off. <laughs> uh, cheers, Jeff. That's brilliant. Cheers, chaps. Jeff Norcott. Love Jeff. Good guy. Yeah. Good comic. Always has his hair perfectly in place. He does. That is, yeah, he, that's right. His hair is always perfectly in place. Always. I've never seen it long. Even in lockdown, no. I think he did it himself. Always very clean cut. Um, loads of good stuff there. I um, I think it was great that he spoke about um, miscarriage and things like that. It's got to be spoken about more, definitely. It definitely has. The reason I haven't spoken about it is because when Rose was pregnant, which came after the miscarriage, you feel like, I know this sounds mad, but you don't want to tempt fate. I was just like, I just want to get to the end of this without going. It didn't feel like I wanted to say, but now we've got a happy ending because we're pregnant again because you still feel like you're yeah. part of it. When you're 
pregnant after miscarriage, I'm sure we'll go into it on another day. I don't think it's one for the outro, but every day feels perilous and like yeah. it could go wrong in the way you just don't feel before. Yeah, it's horrible as well. And especially for some people, like that may happen and then it never happens. So then they feel like they can never talk yeah. about it. Where if you do have a yep, your, your totally first agree. or your second or third baby, you can afterwards go, oh, I had miscarriage because you've sort of got the baby there. You sort of feel like it's okay to talk about. It. But there's other people that, you know, they want to mention totally. it. And the same with even trying, like even before that stage of having IVF and it not, not working and stuff. But I think the more people talk about it, the, more, the easier every, everything is. And that's that's not just about babies and trying for kids, anything with like grief or sadness and stuff like that. But that's brilliant. It's so kind of Jeff to put his email address out. So if you are want any sort of advice or anything like that, and I think in Jeff's case, it was very, very late miscarriage. Yeah, it, it was, wasn't a, it was very sort of an early doors one, I think. So that's very kind of Jeff. So yeah, it's, it's what most people think at gmail.com if you want to get in contact. I think it's what it's what most people think. UK at gmail. Oh, I, I mean, I love. Let's I be love honest. Jeff. Let's that be is, honest, that Rob. Is a terrible he's not and a terrible name. It's not. Show. I love Jeff. How's it? How's he not managed to get? It's what most people think at gmail.com. Someone's already got that quite shit email address. <laughs> <laughs> Just call it Jeff Norcott Podcast. Yeah. Um, anyway, I don't know why I'm giving. We're saying how great he's done. Now I'm giving, giving him shit for his branding. I really like everything about Jeff except his ability to do an email address. <laughs> yeah, it's what most people... And also, the del- how fast he said it. The, that was such a yeah. London delivery, wasn't it? It's what, my, it's what most people think you can at gmail.com. What was that? I, the first time he said it, I'm not going to lie, I thought, he was, I thought his email was uk at gmail.com. <laughs> I was like, how the fuck did you get that? Early adopter. I thought he'd gone, you'd gone, what's his email? What's your email address? It's what most people think. UK at gmail.com. Like, yeah, I've always thought that. I was thinking the other day. Yeah. I bet Jeff Norcott's email is UK at gmail.com. Absolute legend. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, anyway, give him an email if you want to chat and he can yeah. point you in the right direction yeah. for any advice and stuff. But um, thanks for listening. Yeah. We'll be back with another episode next week. Cheers, guys. Bye. Bye-bye. Do you ever feel like topical comedy only ever tends to come from one angle? Well, I'm Jeff Norcott, host of What Most People Think, and my show jokes about all angles. Jokes about Tories, jokes about Labour, jokes about everyone. If there's any Lib Dems listening, there isn't. (laughs) (laughs) With returning guests from across the political spectrum, including Ramesh Ranganathan, Simon Evans, Catherine Ryan, Constantine Kissing, David Baddiel, Andrew Doyle, Al Murray, and many more. Sometimes we'll make good points. And the campaign seemed to be aimed at them. It's the people that are on the fence that you've got to persuade. Sometimes we'll make cheap jokes. And sometimes we'll make cheap points and good jokes. Do you know when people say don't judge a book by its cover? I would say that every single book I've bought in an airport, I judge the book by its cover. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what else you're off. supposed to judge it by. You're not allowed to read the thing <laughs> in the full, are you? But whatever we discuss, we'll be trying to get to the heart of what most people think. I'm Scott Bennett. And I'm Gemma Bennett. And together we are Brew with the Bennett. Yeah. Say it Brew, together. Brew, Brew with, with the, the Bennett. Every Sunday, a bit of chat, a bit, bit of, of humour. Humour. Together. Tea. Tea, cuppa, coffee, brew, and chat. Yes, it's good. Join us there. I've just noticed you always go, before you say so. <laughs> just listen, do it again. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder I have anxiety dreams. Oh, my God.